Hey there, and welcome to the Life of a Cheerleading Coach. I'm your host, Marley Sievers. With four years of high school coaching experience, six years of experience as an instructor and choreographer for the National Cheerleaders Association, and over a decade in the cheerleading industry, join me as we navigate through the world of high school coaching together. Here we go. Welcome back. Today we are going to be talking about how to build a positive relationship between parents and coaches. Now, if you've heard about my experience with parents in prior years of coaching, you would know that I have some internal resistance that's built around communication with parents and interactions with parents. In order to grow as a coach, this is something that needs to be faced head on. And I should also be willing to learn how to create positive relationships with parents. So this is something that I'm trying to be better at. So today we're going to be discussing how we as coaches can bridge the gap between parents and coaches and how they can do the same. One of the first resources I'm going to be touching on, it actually comes from the Positive Coaching Alliance. In one of my previous episodes, I had mentioned that I want to do a whole episode on this organization because I think they have a lot of great information. But when we went to our coaches training, there was a parent training right before it, and they had some great resources for parents. So the first article that I'm going to be discussing talks about seven tips for a positive parent and coach relationship. One of the first things that they talk about is recognizing the coach's commitment. While each athlete and individual is dedicated and committed to their team, they put in a lot of time, effort, energy, sweat, blood, tears. So do coaches. And oftentimes it's more than the athletes because they take their work home with them. They have to prep for practices. They have to prep for games. And although we do earn a paycheck, it's pretty much on a volunteer basis because of how much time and effort and energy is spent trying to build a program and create a great experience for your athlete. So that's number one is recognize that your coaches have made a commitment to this team. Number two is to make early positive contact with the coach. As soon as an athlete makes a team, there should be an established introduction that happens between the parents and coaches. This should establish a positive relationship with the coaches, and it will ultimately create a positive experience for the athlete because it's going to lay a foundation for respectful and productive conversations with coaches and with parents if a conflict arises at any point in that athlete's timeline with the program. Number three, I really like this one. It says to fill the coach's emotional tank. Oftentimes, a majority of what coaches hear from parents is complaints. So if you, as a parent, are able to fill the emotional tank of an, a coach with honest praise, it positively reinforces the coach so that they know what they're doing is actually benefiting your athlete. Yes, athletes should have their emotional tanks filled as well. But when we are talking about establishing a healthy relationship between a parent and a coach, it's going to make a coach feel more appreciated if you can come and tell them something that isn't just another complaint. Number four says, don't put the player in the middle. I'm going to directly quote what they say here because I feel like it is beneficial. It says, you wouldn't complain to your children about how poorly their math teacher explains fractions. Don't share your disapproval of a coach with your children. Doing so may force the child to take sides 
and not necessarily your side. If your child has an issue with the coach and can maturely articulate it, encourage your child to approach the coach and at the very least learn some life lessons in self-advocacy with an authority figure. Otherwise, if you disapprove of how the coach handles a situation, seek a private meeting to discuss the matter. I feel like this is very important. If I were a parent, I would not be telling my athlete or my child how much I dislike their coach because that's an authority figure who they're supposed to have respect for. If something is bothering you as a parent, please, please, please set up a meeting and have a discussion face-to-face without stooping to the level of negativity and false accusations because simply if you don't have respect for the coach and you outwardly express that to your athlete, they no longer will making it nearly impossible for anything to get done in the program with that athlete and the coach. But like they said, they're going to take sides and it's not necessarily always going to be your side as the parent. So I would just be wary of what you say and how you say it. If you disagree or don't like something, don't share it with your athlete. Keep it to yourself. Number five says to let coaches coach. And I can just hear all of the coaches right now going, amen. When someone other than the coach and the person who is the authority figure of the program is giving direction and giving instruction, it makes it hard for the athlete to focus on one strategy versus the other. This also, again, takes away the power from the coach and undermines their authority in the position. Obviously, coaches are hired for a reason. They have some sort of knowledge in the field, so allow them to do the coaching. Again, if you don't agree with something that happens, a decision that is made, go talk to them privately. I wouldn't advise your athlete to stray away from what the plan is. Number six, as a parent, you can fill your child's emotional tank. Competitive sports are so stressful. The last thing that they need as an athlete is another person critiquing their performance on top of what the coach may say. Now, oftentimes when critiques are given by a coach, they are misinterpreted as something that is negative and it shouldn't be that way. It's hard to learn how to handle constructive criticism as a young adult, but any kind of negative reinforcement from parents is going to add on to the critiquing that's already been given in order to improve the performance. As a parent, you should always let your athlete know that you love and support them no matter what the outcome is. And number seven says to contribute to a positive environment. If you're able to fill all of the athlete's emotional tanks, If you see someone doing a great job at a competition that isn't your athlete, tell them way to go with that standing tuck. Great job on your part in the pyramid. Not only that will help to establish a positive environment, but being sportsmanlike and not talking negatively about other teams, other coaches, other teams, athletes, rules, officials, etc., then you're going to also help Keep that environment. Honor the game as a spectator, respecting the rules, opponents, officials, teammates, and self. You should also encourage others around you to honor the game. So as a parent, if I'm sitting next to somebody who's saying negative things about a different team, I'm not going to contribute and I'm going to say, hey, we're here to focus on our team and our performance. So let's keep up the positive energy. As coaches, there are also strategies to use when working with your parents. First thing that you can do 
is teach the parents about the sport. Oftentimes, they come in not knowing, like their athlete hasn't done cheerleading in the past. This is their first year. They're a freshman. You need to help the parents develop an understanding and appreciation of the sport by answering any questions they have and referring them to resources that will help them learn about it. You can always have them come to every single competition that your girls go to and explain to them how the score sheet works, what the rules are, what your strategy is. It will help them to understand what the ultimate goal is. I think a good example of this is teaching your parents the words to your cheer. When you get to a competition, you want to hear your athletes in the stands. Your cheer is also a really big part of your score sheet and crowd appeal and crowd involvement is a section of the score sheet and a part of the rubric. So if you can max out easy points by having parents participate, then they feel like they're helping. They feel like they're doing something to help their girls earn those points and do well in the performance. As a coach, you can also develop a code of conduct for parents. This could be included at competitions and events. You can share the rules with the parents at the start of the season, but that would be something like don't interfere with the coach. Do not communicate outside of these hours. Please reach out to me if there's an issue. Please do not share any negativity about the program with another parent, with another person. Come to me right away. Like those are the code of conduct rules for parents should also tell them that they need to express encouragement and support to their athletes rather than them receiving solely criticism. As coaches, we also need to establish two-way communication with parents by being open to what they have to say and not defensive. We can let the parents know that there are appropriate times and places for these kinds of discussions. If a parent is aggressively communicating, which happens, try using a mediator like an athletic director. We've had plenty of meetings with athletic directors and parents, and it always seems to clear the air and we're able to start fresh afterward. As coaches, we can also educate parents on positive parenting behaviors. There are negative consequences to their actions as a parent, so we can show them the positive influence they can have on their child's development. We can encourage parents to reinforce the same skills that we work with our athletes. Now, not everybody has access to a blow-up mat or even a panel mat, but everybody can go outside and tumble on some grass. A good example of this is when I was younger, trying to learn my standing back handspring, I would come home and have my dad spot me in the backyard. This is something we can be encouraging as coaches. While we do want to keep our athletes safe and want to make sure that there are no injuries that are occurring outside of practice, you can always have them watch you spot their athlete at practice on a mat and teach them the fundamentals of that before going and encouraging them to help with those skills. That's just one example. It may not be the best one, but you could also have them help with jumps, motions, Again, the words in the cheer. As a coach, it's also important to have a parent meeting at the start of the year. Now, with most sports, the season is a lot shorter. With cheerleading, the season is very long. It's practically the whole year. So I would encourage all coaches to host parent meetings more than just once. It should be at least 
maybe every other month. But at the first meeting of the season, share the details and logistics of the season, the coaches' roles and responsibilities, as well as the parents' and the athletes' roles, responsibilities, and expectations. And we can also share the importance of a healthy parent-coach relationship. At these meetings, we can encourage open discussions and accept parent questions and encourage more communication. So if they aren't wanting to ask questions there at the meeting, tell them you can email me anytime. Personally, as a coach, I prefer the method of email versus texting just because I feel like it is a lot easier to track email communication chain than it is to track text messages. There are also some strategies on how to gain support from parents. In a video that I had watched, Oliver Luck, who is the NCAA's Executive Vice President of Regulatory Affairs, talks about three ways for coaches to gain parental support. Prior to his position with the NCAA, he was the athletic director at West Virginia University. First, he believes that it's important to set expectations ahead of time. So again, at those intro parent meetings, your expectations are set. It's written in paper. Parents know what the season is going to look like. Secondly, he thinks that over-communicating with parents is important to success. Then he says that it's important to have an open-door policy and keep in contact with parents throughout the season. So back again with that overly communicating as a coach, not only should you be having parent meetings more frequently than just at the beginning of your season, there should be email communication going out about the agenda for this month or this week. One thing that my head coach has started doing was sending out newsletters for every month describing what exactly is going on as far as team bonding events, as far as competitions, and I feel like it's a great way to communicate with parents directly. So I hope that some of these tips resonate with you either as a parent or as a coach, and we can all work towards building stronger parent-coaching relationships together. Thank you for tuning into this episode of the Life of a Cheerleading Coach. To be notified when another episode is posted, visit the link in the show notes to sign up for my newsletter. Don't forget to follow the Life of a Cheerleading Coach on Instagram and Facebook, and be sure to click the listener support button on my anchor page. To be featured in the next episode, use the link in the show notes to leave me a voice message. Thanks again for listening and go make a difference.